Hi, I'm Craig Williams, and this is Beyond the Tassel. This week, we unwind the differences between community college and four-year college. Now, both have their strengths and their drawbacks, depending upon your aims, but frankly, comparing these two straight up as an either-or is a little like comparing a freight train to an ocean liner. They both may be modes of transportation, but they fulfill two very different roles. And that's really the story behind these two modes of education. So let's jump in and examine the differences and the similarities between the typical two-year community college and the classic four-year college experience. All right, a couple of quick establishing points. First, four-year colleges have been operating in America since before America was even a nation. Heck, Harvard was founded in 1636, Yale in 1701, the University of Pennsylvania in 1740, and Princeton a full 30 years before the Revolution in 1746. Now, these schools and many that followed in the tradition of classic liberal arts education were based largely on the collegiate traditions established in England with the likes of Oxford and Cambridge as models. Later, the American university model took hold, and great state public institutions like Virginia, North Carolina, Georgia, and Maryland were among the first to take hold and to offer students new, less costly options than the Harvards and the Yales. By the late 1800s, dozens of excellent public institutions existed, including the great land-grant schools like Minnesota, Kentucky, California, and the University of Illinois. Now, all of these four-year schools were, and are, schools where a person can dive into any number of majors or specializations, learning from some of the foremost scholars in the world, in everything from engineering, biology, philosophy, literature, physics, business, and so much more. Four-year college was, and for many remains, the traditional academic path to mastery of a subject or an area of interest. Now, this could be academic, practical, or professional in nature. With four years as the traditional timeline for an undergrad, or bachelor's degree, students have the time to dig deeply into their interests. Four years also gives students something else. Considering that most students entering college right out of high school are 18 years old, they will age more than 20% by the time they graduate four years later. And in those four years, they'll experience new ideas, new people, new growth, new challenges. And it almost always takes place away from the home in which they grew up. Now, it's fair to say that there are really two parallel educational processes taking place here. One is academic and intellectual in nature. The other is social, personal, and sometimes even spiritual in nature. Community college began in America largely as a response to the rapidly expanding demand for a trained workforce in the fast-moving American economy of the early 20th century. Compulsory public high school education was also a big factor, and in 1901, Community College, then called Junior College, was born in Joliet, Illinois, essentially as grades 13 and 14 of Joliet Central High School. Now, for quite a time in several states, more than 60% of students at junior colleges were female, and they were trained to fill roles as school teachers in the rapidly expanding American public education system. Several states, including Missouri and Mississippi, had no requirements for their teachers to have bachelor's degrees. Additionally, 
junior colleges historically provided critical training in the trades and other vocations, and that continues with the community college tradition of today. Today's community colleges represent an important cog in the American post-secondary education landscape. A really, really important cog. Nearly 6 million students are currently enrolled in America's 941 two-year degree-granting public community colleges. That's about half as many students as are currently enrolled in America's four-year institutions. Those students at community colleges are learning important trade skills, ranging from medical lab work, nursing, dental hygiene, to welding, pipe fitting, and HVAC technology. Many are working on the general studies portion of a bachelor's degree. They will complete with a transfer to a four-year college or university. Still others are exploring an interest they have on a part-time basis. And in most cases, there is a community college within a short drive of where students already live. The cost to attend a community college is typically much less than to attend a four-year college, although there are all kinds of exceptions and waivers available for both, depending upon your family's financial situation. And I'll talk more about that shortly. And some students are just not in a position to attend a four-year school hundreds of miles away due to family or medical or some other unique circumstance. Students who excelled in high school sports will sometimes cherish the opportunity to play for a few more years at the community college level with the possibility of extending their athletic careers because the competition is generally a bit lighter at this level than it would be in a D1, D2, or even D3 NCAA collegiate program. This is often a great way to get some scholarship money, enjoy your sport, and get a good start on your education at the same time. Just as there are real advantages to choosing one college approach over the other, there are also some downsides to both that bear mentioning. The first, and probably the foremost 800-pound gorilla in the room that just must be dealt with, is this notion of fit. Now, I talk about fit quite a lot. You've heard this in several episodes. But because if you don't get good fit, not much else will matter. Cost savings won't matter. Depth of opportunity won't matter. Academic reputation won't matter. And proximity to friends and family, it won't matter. Although it might dull the pain of a poor fit for some. Now, with this said, let's talk a little about your own ambitions and how they might best align with these two primary collegiate options. Now, as we stated in previous episodes, college is often misunderstood as the place people go simply to learn a marketable set of skills, a trade, a craft, or a profession. And while that is certainly an important piece of it, for most, it is not the entirety of it. College presents an opportunity for learning skills transferable to an occupation, for sure. But there is so much more to it. And as I've said many times before, if that is the extent of your goal, there are much faster and less costly ways to qualify for employment than going to four-year college. So it's important to weigh this priority out. Now, how much of your motivation for going to college is tied to simply getting the credentials necessary for the workplace? Well, that's a question you'll have to answer. How much of your motivation for going to college is about rounding out your understanding of the world and those in it and learning more about yourself. Again, a very personal question that only you can answer. Now, this isn't a judgment. This isn't to say that one thing is more important than another, or one is better than the other. This is a very personal set of decisions. This is just you making a decision that will serve you well. 
It's not a judgment. Now, if you're curious about your world and the people you share it with, you know, I might encourage you to give more serious consideration to a four-year school. If you're motivated by the leverage of training that will help you land a job in the trades or shave a few bucks off your four-year degree, then sure, community college may be the better fit for you. Everyone is so different, there just is no need to try to force a square peg into a round hole. Both community colleges and four-year colleges have much to offer. Now, being away from friends and family can be hard, especially during the first semester for students who leave home for college. Conversely, students who stay home and commute to a local community college often find the familiarity of friends and family to be a bit of a distraction from their academic objectives. In fact, this is the number one reason why more community college students quit or drop out before completing their degree than do their four-year college counterparts. In fact, about 43% of all community college students will drop out before obtaining their two-year degree, whereas that number is about 38% for four-year college students. Now, many attribute this to the proximity of friends who aren't in school and who are leading lives that may seem tempting to a struggling college student. Hey, some are working regular jobs nearby, some have discretionary income, and maybe even a shiny new vehicle to boot. Now, for a young person just grinding away on homework and study labs or a long commute to school, this can all seem pretty alluring. Students who go away for a four-year college are somewhat less inclined to see those temptations and are largely surrounded by others who share their ambitions and aren't quite so inclined to fall prey to the social distractions. And speaking of social distractions, the presence of social media in our world can easily derail the best of us, even the most focused student. I really do encourage you to make a plan with yourself before you go to school for how you will moderate your engagement in Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and others. It can be not only an enormous time suck, but it can create all kinds of anxieties that do not always serve the best interests of your academic ambitions. The expense difference between attending a four-year school versus a two-year community college can be a real thing. The average annual tuition and fees for a community college in America right now is averaging about $4,000, while the annual tuition, fees, room, and board most will actually pay at a typical in-state public four-year university is more than double that at about $10,000. Now, that's a savings of around $6,000, which is significant for most families. But wait, there's more. As we've shared on several other episodes, it is entirely possible to attend one of America's top colleges or universities for absolutely nothing, or very nearly nothing. And this is because a certain category of four-year colleges and universities offers something called needs-based financial aid. This is not something so common in the case of community colleges or public universities, but is actually quite common among the nation's top private colleges and universities. So, when we think about the cost of college, be sure to recognize that there are ways to not only save money on potentially better fit, but to waive all costs entirely. As I've said before, for families earning less than $75,000 per year, virtually all costs at top private institutions will be waived. Now, this means that if you can gain admittance, you can attend a school like Harvard, Duke, Wake Forest, Johns Hopkins, Northwestern, and many more for free, less than your in-state options, less than your community college options. Now, I'm not saying that such a school will be the right fit for you. It may not be. 
But I am saying that it makes no sense whatsoever to take those options off the table because of money alone, as you consider what does provide you with the best fit. Where you go to school and what you study are very personal decisions. I want to encourage you to learn as much about your options as you possibly can and weigh the upsides and the downsides of each option. Finally, I want you to suspend your disbelief that you can go to XYZ school, that you must go to the local default option, or that money is an insurmountable obstacle. Money is always important to think about, but don't let concerns over it derail you. And I can assure you, whether your best fit is an expensive private school five states away or the community college right down the road, that is the school I want to help you get into. Because if it's a fit, there is surely a reason why. Well, that's it for this week. I hope you enjoyed our discussion and that you'll join us next week when we go all in on one of the deepest misunderstandings about college, the difference between a college and a university. It's not all about size or even scope. Until then, I'm Craig Williams for Beyond the Tassel. <laughs>